um, libation people like to imbibe. I, for my part, am only having a fresca this evening. So how are you doing, Ross? What are you uh, drinking out where you are? I'm doing good. I am drinking water and uh, not enough of it. Uh, I'm at a conference and when you drink, uh, when you don't drink enough water, you start losing your voice because uh, it's Bruce. nothing but connecting and chatting. And it, I mean, it's a great time, but it definitely uh, you can definitely get worn out at a conference. So uh, Where are you, by the way, Share with our more water? <laughs> <laughs> I am at podcast movement in Philadelphia. Ooh. It's um it's a big co- podcast conference, just as as the name would would suggest. Uh, but podcast movement is uh, like it's three full days. Actually, Monday they had all these events, even though it wasn't an official day. And tonight they're having the Hall of Fame ceremony, so they're inducting Ooh. eight people into the podcasting Hall of Fame, uh, including Dave Jackson, who's been live streaming his Ask the Podcast Coach on Saturday mornings for. I don't know, three or four years, probably. So, wow. Yeah. So, so let so let's talk about that a little bit. Now, I um, I always have separated out. So, live streams to me is a live stream. I am I have video. It's live stream video, right? Mm-hmm. And then you've got podcasting, which to me again is thinking, well, it's a pod, like iPod. You would hear it. You know, that's where it came from, right. where you'd hear it in your earbuds. I have heard people call videos podcasts mm-hmm. what is the thought of that is that is that acceptable based you know you're in podcasting uh, mecca over there so right, do right. tell well i think to some of the old school people a podcast is audio delivered on demand via an rss feed or something like that distributed okay. through an rss feed um, there are video podcasts uh, where like you can submit a video podcast to itunes uh, yes. But how okay. you host how you host that, I think, is different than how you host uh, an audio podcast, how you do the RSS feed. Um, but I don't know. I, I've never done the video submitting it. To me, um, a podcast is, is kind of whatever you want to call it if you plan to make audio out of it. <laughs> mm, yeah. So, yeah. If I make a, a po- if I make an audio that I'm then distributed via RSS feed, I can uh-huh. say I'm recording my podcast live, okay. right? Um, right. But I, I think of the live show as the live stream, and then I make a podcast out of it. So that's that's I, where I, feel I like go. Podcast to. is all about audio. I, I agree. Now, uh, now those of you watching live or replay it, we'd love to hear from you too. Um, it, Cause I do think sometimes, and it really does speak to the magic of multi-purposing content, right? Where you can like, mm-hmm. we could take this live stream and grab the audio off of it. And, and there's, there's obviously some process behind that people. It's not like right. Facebook just says here, here's the <laughs> audio file. Wouldn't that be fabulous? Mm-hmm. Um, but no, it's like where you get the video off, you use a software of some kind to take just the audio file and then save that. And then you can turn around and publish that as a podcast. So not only do you have a live stream with all that, you know, with the audio to it, but then you've got the audio only. Now, of course, let's talk about that a little bit, right? Do you guys talk about that where if people are multipurposing, how sometimes you might have some failure of people who are listening just to the audio portion? What if you do something visible on screen and they don't get it because, you know, they're listening to it, right? Yeah, I haven't heard any discussion around that, but I know I think about that because I make, I usually 
I can't say all of them, but some of them I, I record live. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, you have to pick and choose, right? Some things you can live with, but other things like if I say look over, I can't do an unboxing and then make a podcast right. out of it, right? You know, it yeah, just it's lost example. on that. But if <laughs> I say hi to some people in the chat, if I say hi to Michael and Adair and who else? Mike Alton, who's going to be our guest this year, and Alfredo and all That's these right. people who are, are with us, Mike Swain. Um that that's fine if I leave that in. If I'm describing something, I mm -hmm. try and remember that it's going to be a podcast. So I'll describe it a little more than I would if it was video. I might not just hold mm -hmm. this up and go, "Here's my mouse," but I'm, you know, <laughs> here's my awesome mouse. Right, right. But you know, I'm I'm holding it up. This blue mouse. It's got a little <laughs> click button. And is that a know, Logitech mouse, Ross? Do it tell. is. It goes with my Logitech camera. Yeah. Oh, nice. Nicely done. It's like you have matching accessories. Yes. Women get get like earrings and, um, you know, necklaces that match. Ross has a matching, cam matching camera and mouse. Very important to match your accessories, people, including the electronics. Yeah. So, you know, what, what the talk here about video that I've heard so far is how do you get how do you get your podcast in front of people? How do you get people to subscribe? Yeah. How do you grow your your listener base? And the big talk is a, is like one of these things was about how you create uh, an empire around your podcast. Whoa, but it's, that's very it's Star all Wars what we talk about. Yeah, it's all what we talked about, you know, a few weeks back when we talked about repurposing. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, when they talk about video here, a lot of times it's in the idea of that's one way to repurpose. Yeah. It's one way to get new people. You can post a video about your podcast. And that could be anything from going live mm -hmm. uh, and doing a live stream to recording your podcast while you're live streaming it. True. Right. Um, it could be taking a clip and making an audiogram or, uh, you know, one of those videos where uh, you have the scrolling text go by and kind of tell you what's happening, but there's a nice still photo. So they talk yeah. about all the different ways that people can use uh, video and then all the other different social media things that people can do uh, to get their podcast across to more people. And that's, you know, that's what everybody wants, right? They want to grow, they want to monetize, they want to get clients and customers mm -hmm. and things like that. So Speaking of all, of all that, which you guys, we're actually not talking about podcasts as the main topic tonight. <laughs> we are talking about growing and fo getting followers and monetizing, and that will absolutely tie into our guest and our topic tonight, which is uh, be best of be live influencer videos. So talking about influencers and videos and, and how you can really use live streams for that. So we will talk about that, but I, um, I, I'd like to know what, in what capacity were you at the conference? Now, I believe you, you have a podcast. Don't you have live stream universe is, is turned into a podcast? Yeah, I have a live stream, uh, live stream universe daily. What do I call it? I should know the name of my own podcast. I have the live stream universe update and Alexa flash briefing. So I have my, I, I distribute it as a podcast and I also distribute it as an Alexa flash nice. briefing as the title kind of reveals. Uh, but it's, it's about two minutes and it's just like a rundown of shows and news related to live streaming. Um, but that's right now I'm doing it primarily in audio form. Sometimes I, I shoot mm -hmm. video of it while I'm doing it and then, Nice. distribute that too but that's primarily in audio form and my my live stream deals show which 
uh, is a monthly show with four guests. I, after about eight months, I decided to make that into a podcast. So mm -hmm. each, each of those four uh, guests can become a weekly, you know, a mo each month becomes like a weekly podcast, or I can, you know, find things that may not fit the, the live show mm -hmm. or people who can't join live at a certain time. Uh, I can just record a podcast with them. Nice. And then I have uh, Brand on Broadcasting, which is a podcast. It's a, my newest podcast. Uh, but I, I do that live stream, and I often do it like an impromptu live stream and start talking about something with broadcasting and bring a guest on or whatever. And then parts of that become part of the podcast. And other times I might just go and record something. So it's it's like just being – it's just all about the content now, right? It's not – it really the, is. It's not the form. It's the the function of the content, which is to connect with people and help people and and engage with your audience and um, establish your your mm -hmm. knowledge and your expertise and share that with other people and ultimately yeah. to you know grow your business and you know lead to new opportunities and things like that. So. Um, live streaming is one way, podcasting is another way, blogging is another way, and yeah. you know, social media posts and, and so forth, IGTV with vertical right. video. Like, there's there's no there's no stopping somebody who <laughs> wants to share in as many different ways as possible, except for the clock. Right? The only thing that yes. stops us is the fact that that time is limited. Uh, even if you have 24 hours a day to work on this stuff you'll find that you'll fill that time pretty quickly, but I don't think anybody really has that. <laughs> I'm really glad you brought up time because I, I'm just getting tired listening to all the things you're doing. Um, cause, and you know, I, I dabble in way too many things, by the way, you guys have seen, if any of you, I think Mike, Mike is Mike and I are friends on Facebook and Ross, you and I obviously are, but I posted about that where I'm like, yeah, I need to narrow things down a little bit because it does, it just gets to be a lot, but podcasting really is, uh, it's one way that, people really are consuming content nowadays. And again, because you know, I like to circle back to topic. Um, mm -hmm. It does seem like a fantastic medium for people to begin to establish themselves as the I word influencers. And to say that, you know, if I've got a podcast and I'm sharing what I know and mm -hmm. people are starting to really download it and listen to it. And, you know, maybe they're like messaging me or it's bringing me business or I get advertisers on my podcast because obviously it's getting some sway. Right. right. And as you build that growth, you really could make a name for yourself through that medium. I, I just will say too, I love podcasts. Um, for someone who does like to multi-purpose, I love mm -hmm. like when I'm riding my bike, working out or whatever, and I'm able to also say, and I'm absorbing knowledge or entertainment and I don't have to like stop what I'm doing and do that. So it's a fantastic way to do it. And uh, I bet people at that conference are seeing you as an influencer. It's definitely something I want to ask Mike about tonight, about like what really defines an influencer and how do you how do you figure that out and stuff like that? And um, then, you know, see if it's uh, making sense for you. I just want to point out too. let's say hi to everybody who's been hanging out during this conversation. Jenny has joined us. She was all by her lonesome, commenting <laughs> in the wrong place, but now she has found us. Jenny, it's so good to see you here. And hey, uh, JB is here. JB. Oh, I had a question. I don't have a camera on my computer. Yes, you can use uh, use on your iPhone. iPhone is a perfect camera, is it not? You can. Um, as far as be live goes, you can be a guest from your camera, True. but you need to either host from your desktop or have somebody else essentially start the broadcast as the host sure. and serve as the, the producer. 
That's hey, right. Gail. Hey, Gail. And of course, we have Mike waiting in the wings. Um, well, cool. Uh, Ross, I don't know. I, I feel like you, I, I almost kind of wish I was there at the podcasting. <laughs> is it Podcasting it, World? What's it called? It's called Podcast Movement. It really is a good time. It really is a great conference. And there's so many sessions going on at once. And you, you want to go to all of them. And it's like you get it down <laughs> to two. And then you start mm -hmm. a conversation with somebody. And you end up with zero. But it's all about the connections that you mm -hmm. make. And um, what you learn, uh, I'll just, um, if I have it handy, I'll just show you what I've kind of been focused on. I don't know how this is going to come out in the camera, but okay. this was one session I went to, which was Ooh. about, it wasn't about writing a book, but one of the people, uh, Laura Peterson has this book about how podcasters can write books. So, um, I'm definitely going to talk to her and read that book. And then I went to another one that was on published uh nice. and how to write a book and how to like uh brainstorm they used a different term mind what was mind something but um it was just a really good session so i think from going to those two sessions maybe maybe i'm gonna nudge myself and i'll say it here publicly to to get a couple of elbows going at me a little bit but try and try and maybe try and maybe write a book at some point. I like how you just kind of and try and maybe I'm going to write a book. Maybe, maybe write a book <laughs> at some point if I get around to it. That, oh, you should like totally. The exact opposite of what all the advice is, which is like schedule this time for this. Do it in my spare time. This, this time for this, you know, mm -hmm. like 10 minutes to brainstorm, 10 minutes to outline, 45 minutes to write this. You know? <laughs> Well, speak, you know, I'm glad you brought up being an author. And I know many of us, I'd love to hear from our uh, viewers too. If any of you guys have aspirations, either you want a podcast or you want to write a book, apparently, <laughs> except for Jenny, don't look at what Jenny said because Jenny, I see what you do. You post about your book all the time. Hilda is out there. Um, but you guys, if I would love to hear, share, share in the comments if you have plans to do any of that stuff. Um, because guess what? Not only is our guest tonight talking about influencers and things like that and, and being kind of a brand uh, ambassador and how that might figure into videos. He's also written books, I think, right? So um, he is he is an author unto his own right. Ross, should we bring our guest for the evening up into the broadcast? Let's go ahead and bring Mike Alton up. He's from uh, The Social Media Hat, and he's also the brand evangelist for Agora Pulse, which is an app that helps you manage your social media across platforms. And the big term that they like to use is inbox zero. Uh, yes. It helps you get through all your social notifications. Uh, but Mike's been around social media for a while. He's great mm -hmm. on video. He's great blogger, really exceptional at, at long form content. And uh, we're thrilled to have him here on Best to Be Live. Well, welcome, Mike. Thanks for joining us. Thanks so much, Ross. You're looking dapper. Rachel, you look <laughs> lovely. Thank you. Thank Ra you very Rachel, much. How many, how many podcasts do you have, Rachel? Uh, I, I have actually narrowed myself. Uh, I, I only have the one. I have one I do with my family where we review superhero movies. It's pretty cool. Oh, excellent. I'm not going to write a book about, book about that, though, because my kids Here's will just have none of that. Yes, exactly. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so should I should I tie together what we were talking about with podcasting <laughs> and influencer marketing before we move on to live streaming and video marketing? Or should well, I, I just make a rough cut? Well, you said it yourself. It's all just content. 
That's right. Right. I mean, we could turn this into, into a podcast. Uh, we could turn this into a blog post. We could take a podcast and spin it into right, a blog right. post. Whatever you want to do. I obviously like to talk about blogging a lot because mm -hmm. I'm a writer, but I'm just as comfortable doing video when it's appropriate. Uh, hey, Brad. Hey, Gail. A couple of people in the audience that I know. Uh, so... The reason yeah. I the reason I I brought that up is um, just about a half an hour ago I ran into our friend Angus Nelson uh, oh, from, yeah. from Life of Dad, uh, who which was oh. one of our featured uh, one of our featured shows on here about five months ago. We had Art Eddie on who does uh, sports theme show, um, but what his session is that Angus is doing, to, I think it's tomorrow, I believe it's tomorrow, is is on uh, being an audio influencer. Don't think of yourself as a podcaster. Think of yourself as an audio influencer. And so uh, before we move into live streaming, have you guys uh, at Agora Pulse thought at all about with, with Alexa coming and voice search mm -hmm. and flash briefings and um, – podcasting and on-demand audio becoming bigger and bigger audio books um how you guys may need to have a certain sound or a certain voice or a certain audio branding in addition to your visual brand we do we have a podcast we have the social media lab uh, which is run mostly by Scott Ayers. Uh, and we also have Richard on our AV team who does the video and a lot of the voice work uh, for the company, which is pretty cool then. Because if you hear Richard on the podcast and then you happen to sign up for the app and start going through some of our onboarding, it's going to be that same dulcet tones of Richard that you hear in our onboarding <laughs> videos. Uh, but yeah, with that, uh, with, with our social media lab, you know, they're doing testing. Um, you know, they're like, okay, do you really need to have 30 hashtags on an Instagram post? <laughs> or is it really bad for engagement if you post the same content every day for a week? Or does that help you? And, and, and they do it, right? They go through and they'll, they've got a bunch of different social profiles and they'll test those things and they'll publish it and they'll spit it into a podcast where they, where they talk through the results. And it's, it's been really well received when people like Michael Stelzner don't miss it. You know, you know, you've, you know, you know that's a big deal for your target audience, which is people like Michael. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, I, I have a question, too, because uh, I love what you said about you guys have been talking about becoming an audio influencer. Um, how Mike, when how did you get started? Because sometimes that can feel like, you know, so many of us can look at somebody be like, oh, my God, you've written books and you're a brand ambassador for Agora. Paul. How did you get there? Surely you must have, you know, some kind of famous sauce. And um, but I, can you talk a little bit about your background and just kind of how you got started? Because I have a feeling it's going to be something that everybody can kind of identify with. Would love to hear about that from you. Yeah, so for me, it all started back in 1974 in a small town in Ohio. No, I'm not going to go back that far. But <laughs> it, it, for me, it started uh, with my blogging. So that, that's really what, what made everything that I do today possible. It was the blog content. And I started writing about 10 years ago for one business. The writing then wasn't helping that business at all. But what it did was it helped me discover the fact that I like to write. I like to teach social media. I like to teach blogging through writing. So I continued with that. I started the social media hat six years ago mm -hmm. and I was spamming social media because I didn't know any better. Right. And <laughs> Google plus 
Google Plus, uh, was where I met people like Dustin Stout and Stefan Havnanian and a bunch of other people, and Peg Fitzpatrick, Rebecca Radice, Jeff C., right? Mm -hmm. They helped me see some of the ways that you should use social media, not in a spamming broadcasting kind of way, but in an engaging relationship building kind of a way. Mm -hmm. And as I did that more and more, and I continued to write, that worked really well for me. People who knew me, they began to know and like and trust me. They knew that I wrote good stuff, that I would help them understand certain things, that I could break down really complicated ideas and releases and technical notes about social media or content and spin them into a way that you could quickly understand in a blog post. So mm -hmm. they would share my stuff. And on Google Plus, that led to almost a quarter of a million followers. And it led to being invited to appear on the Hangout shows, which were the popular mm -hmm. video du jour, right? So that's really what made a difference for me. As a result of that, all of that activity, I got hired to be a CMO for SiteSell, and I did that for a few years. I continued to publish. I continued to work on relationships, which we're going to talk a lot about today. And those relationships led directly to me knowing Emmerich, the CEO of Agorapulse, and becoming his friend, and then eventually being hired to work for him and being in charge of Agorapulse's relationships. Wow. So it really was, it was a progression of... I know you mentioned we're going to talk a lot, about, a lot about relationships. It was about basically just starting simple. You started blogging, but then it evolved into you talking to more people. And just it, that just I think that's something we can all relate to. Right. Where we yeah. have met each other in these circles. I mean, we're we know a lot of our viewers because of these circles. Ross, you and I know each other through live streaming we would probably right. would never have met. <laughs> Otherwise, that's fascinating. Yeah, I mean, it's all about it's about developing relationships and at the same time, developing your personal brand authority, mm. right? I obviously became known for certain things. I mean, at the time, I was known as the Hootsuite guy because I was blogging about Hootsuite all the time. <laughs> uh, and I blog about blogging. So people know to this day that they can come to me and they can ask me questions about content and they can get advice and, and I'm going to be able to give it to them. And they know things like I write quickly. I was able to demonstrate that in, in years past. That's Mia Voss's favorite joke, that while we've been talking, I've actually published four blog posts. <laughs> are we in any of are we in any of them? <laughs> yeah. He just wrote one just now when you asked that. That was that, that's already gone. It's it's in, it's, it's gonna be queued and published tonight. <laughs> well, speaking of blog posts, we, and again, we're gonna get to influencer marketing. We're gonna talk about how you can use live streaming in your influencer marketing campaigns. And also maybe how you can become an influencer for a brand live streaming uh, as well. I'm hearing an echo uh, in the background. I don't know if uh, one of you guys has your speakers. I not, don't, but I have a, I have a major on. thunderstorm going on right outside oh, okay. my window. So uh, anything could be possible. So um, what I, what I wanted to, are you, are you able to hear Mike? Okay, so what? Thank you. So what I wanted to to, to ask you is, um, for people who are doing live streams, and we talk a lot about repurposing and everything, mm -hmm. uh, how important is it to do a blog post, and what role does video or audio uh, play in getting that blog post to be seen and shared, and time on the website, and and all that kind of stuff? How can video in particular and repurposing live streams uh, impact blogs? 
Well, let me tell you what will happen if you don't publish a, a blog post. Because not everybody needs to. But if you're not going to take that step, people like me will not consume your content. I don't mm-hmm. watch videos. And I, I honestly, I do not listen to a single podcast. I read. That's me. I don't have a commute where it's easy for me to listen to things. I've got small kids who I need to be quiet at certain hours because they're sleeping and that sort of thing. I, I just I don't consume content that way. And I'm not alone in saying that. So if you don't churn your content into an alternate form, and this goes both ways, by the way, obviously, fans have talked about that a lot in Lima. Uh, I know I'm missing an audience by not turning my content into audio. I get that. But that's that's one of the big downsides then is you won't get people who want to read your content. It's going to be far more challenging for you to have your content found in a Google search. Ah. And then you don't get to do some of the fun things like retarget your content with Facebook ads to retarget your readers with Facebook ads, because it's one of the most cost-effective, most efficient ways that you can really push people in the way that you need them to go in terms of funnels and that sort of thing. If you don't have a Facebook pixel, if you don't have content that can come to your site and show Facebook that they've been to the site and consume that content so that you can then retarget to them, you're going to miss that boat. And that's potentially leaving a lot of money on the table for you. Can Can I ask you, you've mentioned a lot about you know, getting people and and this all translates a bit to numbers and, you know, you're caring about that SEO content caring about traffic to your blog or website. Um, How much, you know, are you looking at data and, and numbers and, and performance and stuff? I imagine uh, particularly for someone who's a brand ambassador, numbers matter a bit. They matter tremendously. Mm -hmm. Uh, Everything we do we look for the best possible way to measure it. Now, when you're talking about influencer marketing, every business has to go into this with the understanding that depending on what it is that you're having the influencers do, there may be no measurement whatsoever. When Ian Cleary goes on stage in Prague and talks about a gore pulse to an audience of 300 people, you know, I got nothing. (laughs) No idea. (laughs) Maybe none of them, maybe all of them, who knows, you know, unless there's a sudden spike, you're not going to be able to tell and you're definitely not going to be able to attribute that directly to Ian, uh, particularly since people who are at a conference just like you are, Ross, right now, you're hearing a lot of different things. You're going to a bunch of different sessions when you actually act on what you hear might be days later. Mm-hmm. So that's immeasurable. So what we try to do is come up with ways that we can confidently measure at least some of the things that are happening, some of the things that we're working on, some of the projects that we have going on with influencers. That way we know at least this much is working and everything else that happens is gravy. That's just a bonus. That's really good. Uh, I I know with something we've talked about too. We've had past shows where we talk about actually looking at what how your videos are doing. I believe we talked to Stephanie Liu about that last week. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, because you're talking about a brand, you know, they are. It's just like if they hire an employee, they want to get a return on that investment. And so if they're uh, working with an influencer, uh, they want to make sure that somehow that influencer is is leading to a bump in something, you know, whether it's brand awareness or it's uh, word of mouth or it's uh, actual sales, you know, product or. Oh, 
I'm not hearing <laughs> Rachel. So uh, product or... she was right in the middle of a really good <laughs> point. Uh, we are talking with Mike Alton. This is Best of Be Live. We're uh, on the Be Live TV Facebook page. If you're watching on one of our shared posts, come on over, join the chat. Mike Alton is with Agora Pulse, also runs the social media hat. And while Rachel refreshes, um, let's start talking about live streaming for influencer marketing because um, you guys really do use it. A lot of people talk about it. You guys actually do use video as a part of your influencer marketing campaign. Uh, tell us a little bit about how you guys do it and and what may be different in the way you approach it than than other brands do. Sure. Now, before we even get into the video, I think it's important to talk about for a second how differently we approach influencer marketing across the mm -hmm. board, which is that I don't approach people that I don't know just because I I can target them. I've done maybe some homework because that's what a lot of influencer marketing companies do, right? right. They'll, they'll identify 500 influencers and they'll approach them and try to sell them on the idea of doing a campaign, regardless if they've ever had you know, a conversation with that person relationship. We only work with people that we know that we have a relationship with. They've been using our tool for a long time. We know they love our tool. So it starts for me identifying people who might actually just benefit from using Gore Pulse and saying, hey, you know, can I give you a, you know, a complimentary account uh, right. just to help you out? And the key for me is, well, two keys, being patient and having zero expectations. Right. So, Ross, if I gave you a free account to Gorpulse today, I would not be following up with you in a week or a month. I, I might pay some attention to how you're using it. I'm definitely going to pay attention if you're talking about it. But, mm -hmm. you know, if, if, if it's obvious that you're not really using the tool a lot or digging it, I'm not going to bother you. I'm not right. going to try to push you into doing something differently. So we start there. And as we accumulate individuals and brands who obviously like the tool, they're writing it about it on their own. Like Andrew and Pete did a review, a video review of Agora Pulse, totally unrequested, unasked, right. uncompensated. They did that because they fell in love with the tool, which is what you want as a brand. So we started there. Then once we had those kinds of people that we could identify, then we bring them into our ambassador program, our influencer program. And now we've got some options in terms of video. So there's two different kinds of video that we create. There's the live video, which I'll talk about in a second. And then there's the pre-recorded video. And we and there's pros and cons to both. So when you're doing a live video, like we're doing here, you have to be on your computer. You have to have the internet going. Mm -hmm. You have to ignore technical issues like, somebody dropping off the screen, right, right. right? You don't have all that kind of, you, you, that's part of the package. Whereas if you're doing a pre-recorded video, you can use an awesome DSLR. You can put it in a scenic location, make sure the lighting is perfect. You can handle all that for the influencer and not have to rely on them to have that kind of equipment themselves. And you, you can also check on their work before it goes out to the public to see yeah. if it's consistent with brand messaging or if they went a little bit off topic. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. So, and you can edit, right? <laughs> right. You, and you can take another stab at questions if you need to and take your time. You can get B roll. So, at Social Media Marketing World this past spring, that's our mecca, right, for social media marketers. Right. Uh, and we knew that we were going to have a couple of dozen 
of our top influencers and ambassadors there. So we actually hired a film crew to go out with us and we lined up interviews and we got a dozen of our ambassadors just talking into the camera to a film crew though, who took the best quality film you could possibly imagine. And then they wow. took it back to their studio and spliced it up and edited it and put subtitles and music. And now we've got these gorgeous pieces of content that we can use all over the place. So wow. that's one style that we can, that you can do. The other style is of course, live streaming. And the one way that we're doing live streaming that, that I'm really excited about, we just started it today. We're, in, we're interviewing a bunch of our influencers, a bunch of our ambassadors, and we're just asking them, hey, Dustin was this afternoon. Hey, Dustin, what are your top five favorite tools? What are you using right now for your business? What tools just can you not live without? You know, and of course, the Gore Pulse is, is going to be one of them. That's the whole point. But he's going to bring up four other tools. So it's going to be a great piece of content, nice 30-minute segment of good information and there's a live audience that can ask questions and get some more engagement going and so that went out to our facebook page this afternoon and we've got a bunch more scheduled out over the next few weeks which is going to create some great online content and it but feels more objective when they're able to answer a question and mention other tools yeah because then people aren't thinking okay they know they're on with a guy from Agora Pulse, so they're going to talk about Agora Pulse, and they're going to be nice so that they can keep their, you know, their access and their influence yeah. within the company. Not so much because they're looking out for the best interests of their community, but when they're able to talk about other tools, you the the person listening goes, okay, they didn't feed them this stuff. They yeah yeah, they, and that goes back to so much more genuine. Oh, yeah. And that goes back to why we only work with people that are, have been using the tool, mm-hmm. right? And we know they love it because then they can talk about it in a way that's authentic and genuine. I've been using Agorapulse for two years, two plus years, two and a half years. I can talk authentically about why I love it. That's not going to sound like, well, Mike just works for Agorapulse. So he's right, just saying right. that, right? I honestly love the tool. I honestly use it every single day. That's me. And that's everybody that that, that we work with. So that's that. But what I love, this ties back to what we were talking about earlier. We're doing 10 Facebook Lives over the next few weeks. Each one of those is going to produce about a 30-minute video, which we're then going to take, and we're going to turn that into a nice blog post that each one of those influencers is going to publish on their website. Oh, fantastic. So that creates 10 pieces of content out there with backlinks to us and traffic from their audience. And, and they'll send out emails like they usually do for any of their pieces of content. They'll all promote it on social. Now we got a lot of content from some big influencers talking about our tool. So I'm going to bring in a question um, that, that Kevin Black asked earlier, because I think this is an appropriate point. So you've done that. They posted on their website you you use the, the term being comfortably measurable, right? Yeah. This yes. is an important concept. Um, what are the benchmarks uh, you use to arrive at those numbers that you recommend? Or how do you look at, okay, you gave me a free account. I published it. I did social posts about it. How do you then determine, do we still keep working with this person who loves the tool, who really cares about doing a good job how do we determine if our efforts there are are going to continue to provide any sort of fruit or if we should go in a different direction because we're not seeing results 
from that influencer uh, because ultimately um, it's about where you can put your time uh, when it comes to influencer marketing. Right. And that's where it's important to have an open mind mm -hmm. and it's important to look at each influencer differently. Mm -hmm. Right. I've never looked at your website, Ross, but if you're doing 100% podcasting, you probably don't have a lot of organic traffic coming to a website because maybe you're not creating written content. So if I put a blog post on your website, mm -hmm. I can't expect it to drive the same results as when we do the same thing on Jeff Bullis's website. When he's 100% creating written content and he's right. getting you know a couple hundred thousand viewers a month. That's th those are separate things. Those are totally different. And I, so I can't have those same expectations. Now, when I go into a relationship with you, again, I have to have that open mind and we have to have a frank conversation about, okay, wh what are you going to do? Um, you know, I can give you some ideas and you're going to give right. me some ideas and we're going to figure that out as we go. So some of the people that we work with, absolutely, we're looking for written content and we're hoping to see that it drives uh, traffic to the site, that it drives uh, new free trial subscriptions that ultimately convert into sales. And we're actually willing to put advertising dollars into that to help test that and then drive that and, and ramp that up. But it's it does start with having that, that frank conversation about, okay, how is this really going to work? And you can use tools in advance like right. SEMrush, right, and, and other kinds of tools to gauge things like traffic to somebody's website, uh, you know, whether they've got a big Facebook audience or something like that, that they might be able to help you with in a different way. Mm -hmm. Some of the things that ambassadors and influencers are able to bring to the table, they aren't so tangible, right? Mm -hmm. So we work with people like Stephanie who come in and they really help me see how agencies use our tool and how okay. we can make changes and improvements to the tool to better fit agencies and make more sales. So she doesn't have the traffic that Jeff Bullis does, but she's helping in other ways. Mm -hmm. So there's that. But uh, we use, to really get to a fine point on the question, uh, we use Google's Data Studio mm -hmm. to build custom reports out of the Google Analytics data so that we can see all the traffic that's coming in from specific domain names, whether they've used an affiliate link or not, and see what the kind of quality of that traffic has been, whether they've signed up, whether they've converted. Wow. So now from the point of view of the live streamer or podcaster, blogger, the influencer, right? What is it for them and how, if they're interested in working with a brand, should they go about letting it be known that they have something to offer or you know, they can, that they care about it, that they use it, that they understand it. How, how does the, the influencer go about getting on the radar? What's in it for them? I, I know it's like a 10 part question. You're not supposed to do that, but since okay. I'm in the middle, you got to commit to it and keep plugging along. You got to so. keep going and I got to answer it. So, all right, here we go. <laughs> so and welcome back, question, Rachel. Hey. I, I'm alive. Barely. <laughs> okay in, in the yeah, there's eight inches of Storm. water out there. It's totally wow. fine. Okay. Anyway, oh, on fine. with what you were going to say, because everybody cares much more about that than about the eight inches of water. <laughs> so, so the premise of the question is I'm an influencer or an up-and-coming influencer, and I want to develop a relationship with other brands 
so that they hire me for influencer marketing, right? And I want to use live video to make that happen. First, it starts with building an audience, which means like you guys, you got to be authentic, right? You have to have an audience that a brand would want to reach. Mm -hmm. So if this is day one and I this is my first video, that expectation has to be thrown out the window. I'm not going to get a sponsor you know, or, or a brand who wants to get involved with me when I've got nothing to give them. Uh, and this speaks to your question earlier, Rachel. See, I'm going way back. You asked, <laughs> how do we define an influencer, <laughs> right? An influencer. Now, the, the, the raw definition will vary a little bit from business to business, but it's somebody who is the ability to influence other people. And from a business perspective, that means influencing them towards a purchase or towards some kind of a business action. And the more people that you can influence, the bigger influencer you are. It really is a numbers game at that point. So you need to establish that audience. And that means you need to be creating great content and having value. But there are certainly ways that you can, in the process of creating that audience, make yourself look attractive <laughs> to other influencers. And the easiest way that I found is to have other influencers on as your guests. <laughs> that is just really? the, the flat out easiest way. I know this comes as a shock <laughs> <laughs> to you guys, to, to you know, veteran hosts of live video. But for up and comers, and this is hard. I say it's an easy thing because, but it's not really because you still have to actually, you know, mm -hmm. beg and, and, and appeal to existing influencers, which means you have to have in your mind a fictional hierarchy mm. of the existing influencers in your space, mm. right? I know social media, so we're going to talk social media for a second. At the top, at the pinnacle of my space are people like Gary Vaynerchuk and Guy Kawasaki, uh, you know, and, and Marie Forleo, right? Those are people that they some of the guy knows me, but Gary Marie, they, so he's a bad example. Gary stop Marie, look, they stop don't looking at my Rolodex. Mike. <laughs> <laughs> look at your context. Hey, anybody under under thirty, a Rolodex is what we used to do to keep before we had apps. We them. actually used to have to know phone numbers by yeah, heart. It was you crazy. Pull out the phone number from this little index <laughs> card like thing. <laughs> Sorry, Mike. <laughs> uh, okay, so. Here on my Rolodex card, <laughs> nice. I've got a couple phone numbers. You can't remember he likes to eat things throw that are written down. Even things that are written down. Like he comes back with something that's even better. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I got you. <laughs> I got you. I got you. So, um, yeah. you identify who's at the top. And, mm -hmm. and then you go down from there and, you know, mm -hmm. you got to realize that it's not that you're at the bottom, but you're more like a freshman coming into high school. Right. right. You don't know anybody. You haven't established yourself, you know, as a really great athlete or musician or academic mm -hmm. or any of those kinds of things uh, that people are able to excel at at that level. You're a freshman. All mm -hmm. right. Seniors aren't going to talk to you. They don't know you. They've got no reason <laughs> to talk to you. So right. don't even try when you're first starting out. Talk to other freshmen. Get your feet wet, get some experience, then start to talk to sophomores and juniors, and then work your way up the hierarchy. And before you know it, you're a junior, you're yep. a senior. And when you start to approach people like Guy Kawasaki, they don't think anything of it. I mean, they're mm -hmm. like, okay, yeah, great. Yeah, Mike, I'd be happy to be on your show. Yeah, Ross, let's, when do you want to do it? Because now you've been in the business long enough that they've become aware of you and you have actually become 
an influencer that doesn't happen overnight. It happens over time. So as you go through this journey of growing an audience and growing your own reputation, mm -hmm. you begin to bring other people on board who have audiences and influence of their own. And they're going to introduce you to their audience and they're going to introduce you to their influencer friends. That happens every single time. Mm -hmm. All the relationships that I have in social media stemmed from introductions from other people, right? Yeah. Hey, did you read Mike's post? Hey, did you see Mike on this show? Uh, Mike should be a guest on your <laughs> show, right? That, that happened all the time, particularly in the, in the HOA days. Mm -hmm. So as you go through that, you'll begin to grow that audience. You begin to grow those relationships, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And you begin to bring on influencers, some of them who might already have relationships of their own, with brands. Right. Right. So if is you're there, on Mia Voss's show, you know, right. now you're getting seen by hotels and car manufacturers mm -hmm. and whatever right, else right. Mia's repping at the time, right? Yeah. Is there a difference between an influencer and a brand ambassador? Hmm. That's a great question. Or are they interchangeable terms that are thrown it's, around? Uh, I like brand ambassador better, frankly. I don't know. I just feel like I like that one better. <laughs> well, it's a... If you say you're a brand ambassador, that means you have a formal relationship with that mm -hmm. brand. If does that you mean you're, you're an influencer? Paid? Does that mean you're getting paid, or possibly, or it means you're there's some sort of exchange going on, or there's some sort of formal arrangement, or not required? Okay. Um, how do I be? I want to be nice. I want to be. I so want to be nice. You can be. Thing. You could be not as nice. You can say it's whatever okay. you want to say. I there, I just know that a lot reasons. of people will think about like what are the <laughs> the actual differences between these terms because we throw them around. Influencer, ambassador, right? Know. And they've been in the news a little bit lately too, and not necessarily yeah, positively. So I think you know, just tell us straight up what's going on. Yeah. Okay. So let me break it down this way. If you have an ambassador program for your brand that mm -hmm. should include compensation for the influencers who participate in that program mm -hmm. if you're not compensating them they are not brand ambassadors call them mm -hmm. affiliates if they're if you're if they're getting compensation through affiliate marketing just yeah. call them influencers call them friends whatever you want but if you're going to go so far as to call it an ambassador program in my opinion, that mm -hmm. should include compensation of some kind. Uh, that was one of the many reasons why I parted ways with Hootsuite is they had their ambassador program, which did nothing for me. Not yeah. financially, not you know personally or professionally. It did nothing for me. Oh, it was yeah. just another way for them to get me to talk about their tool without any kind of compensation at all. Free, it not was even, free, work free access. Them. It was free work for them, basically, yes. that you were doing. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, Mike, and can we – let's – I feel like this is all leading to something we, we could all maybe stand to learn a little more about is the mm -hmm. word no, um, yes. that you're going to try to approach brands and say, hey, can we work together? And they're going to say no. Or you're going to mm -hmm. try to invite on, you know, as you're a freshman uh, kind of moving up, as you said, through the ranks and you invite maybe a junior or senior to be on your show and they may not respond or say no. Um, so yeah. how, how important is it to be able to accept or live with no? in this process. Yeah. If, if this is kind of a career track that you want, or at least you're considering, you have hit it on the nail, Rachel, you have got to be okay with the mm -hmm. fact that not everybody you talk to will be interested in working with you for a variety of reasons. They might not think you're a good fit. 
mm-hmm. which might be a totally legitimate, no reflection on you. But we looked at your audience, Mike, and it's just not really what we were looking for in terms of who we're trying to reach. Mm-hmm. That's fine. You've got to be okay with that. You've got to be okay with the fact that other people that you might reach out to, they may not be the nicest human beings and they might not respond to you in a respectful way. They might totally ignore you. They might be rude, whatever the case might be, because just because somebody's got a million Twitter followers doesn't make them a wonderful human being. So you got to be okay with that and not take it personally when you're ignored or people decline or anything like that. And it goes both ways, Mm -hmm. right? Once Mm -hmm. you begin to accrue an audience and you do develop influence, you will be approached by brands and you'll sometimes be approached by brands that you don't want to work with. Right. 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 Anderson Gray, go look at his Facebook today because he's talking about this today uh, where he's been approached by a brand multiple times that Mm. wants him to rep their brand and he doesn't want to, he's not comfortable with it um, because they want to do 